Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey guys, so I have a fucking amazing episode coming to you. Uh, My friend Joanna from the Facebook group, shout out to our Emotionally Broken Psychos Facebook group. Everybody come join. An easy way to get to it is mollyandthepsychos.com. It will like, I don't know what the word is for it, but it will link you back to the Facebook group. But uh, Joanna got herself into Farah's birthday party last week at Boutique Nightclub, which if you watch Real Housewives in New York, you know that's a popular spot for the Real Housewives. Um, We have an hour-long talk about what happened. She is not a fan of the show. She doesn't watch the show, but uh, we kind of hyped her into doing it on the Facebook group, and she has some incredible information, so enjoy. Recording. Okay, so let's start from the beginning, shall we? (laughs) Let's do it. So, Joanna, I had seen on Farrah's Snapchat that she was going to be having a birthday party at Boutique, which is relevant to the greater good of the Emotionally Broken Psychos fan base because Boutique is the Real Housewives New York hotspot, if you will. See, I did not know that at the time, but I think someone told me after. Yeah, Boutique's so like I'm where they go. confused because, like, I thought it was a very strange place to be invited to an event, like... It's in Midtown in New York City, and the only thing I know of that's around there is strip clubs. So I was like, wait, is this at a strip club? I mean, she (laughs) does strip club appearances, so it would have been on brand, but... Yeah. (laughs) So it was invite only, and you were supposed to, like, email her PR person, and a couple people had emailed and got back no's. But Joanna... (laughs) Tell us your experience. Okay, well... So I heard about it on the Facebook group, and then um, I said I was going to RSVP and accidentally sent it to the wrong email address, and then was kind of at work and not really paying attention. Um, So when I came back, I saw everyone's rejection emails and thought they were really funny. So I was like, oh, I'm going to send mine in again, just so I get this really funny, harsh rejection email. (laughs) And instead, I got in. So I felt like the PR company was kind of like calling my bluff. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if like she had posted it on Snapchat, and so a bunch of people like, they at once got like a ton of um, requests and then like 24 hours later it cooled off. So they were like, all right, like you can come. Maybe, but also like I didn't say I was a fan and I think that's like part of it. And I feel like I should just admit up front that I actually don't watch the show and I don't know much about Farah other than like the notorious things that everybody knows about her. Mm -hmm. So like I didn't mention loving the show or loving her or being excited to go. I just like sent this really like, kind of cursory like message and I think it made me seem like I was professional or something (laughs) (laughs) so now just kind of like be a bitch they were like yes this is the brand that we want this is the type of person we want at this exclusive event someone who does not at all want to be there (laughs) (laughs) so tell me about the theme tell me about how you got ready okay So the theme was Gatsby, 
um, which totally makes sense now that I know a little bit more about Farah. And I was kind of scrambling because at this point I had like maybe 12 hours notice before I had to go to this thing. Um, and I didn't really have like anything in my house other than like a flapper headband from an old costume. So I ended up like tearing my entire apartment apart and I wore this like old bridesmaid dress from like 11 years ago (laughs) that looks vaguely 20s ish and then I just like put a bunch of makeup on and hope that I look good enough you know when the bride is like you'll definitely wear this dress again (laughs) and you're like yeah girl I'm wearing it now to costume party like just so you know well, she caught me once because I wore it as a flapper costume once for <laughs> Halloween. And she was like, is that my bridesmaid dress? I guess I'm glad you're using it again. And I was like, shit, <laughs> social media. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do like, if you were like, wait, is she wearing the dress for my wedding photos? Like, as <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like the costume was something. I don't know. It was, no, it, and it looked bad. good, honestly. Like, it looked because you, you documented the whole night on Snapchat. And uh, also voice memos, but on like you were such a detailed reporter, but I think a conversation between the two of us like makes more sense and is easier for all of us to enjoy because I didn't want to have to cut down everything you said. Yeah, yeah. um, Like it looked good and it looked, you didn't look like crazy. Like it, it didn't look like full Halloween. (laughs) Well, actually, my original plan was to, like, make the costume incredible so that I could just, like, float in uh, and nobody would really question me. And then when that kind of fell apart, I panicked a little bit. So (laughs) I didn't really know what to do because it was, like, pretty obvious to me that I was half-assing it and also not supposed to be there. (laughs) But it worked out. Turns out security is not so hard at Farrah Abraham's birthday party. So... And you had said on SAP, like, you didn't even really know, like, her last name. What had you been calling her? (laughs) So earlier in the day, I met up with some old friends, and I kept calling her, like, Farah Abrahamson. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, okay, first thing. (laughs) And then we, like, did a little bit of Googling about her. And then, like, because I was getting nervous, I got kind of tipsy. So, you know. (laughs) Well, what? You weren't going to go there sober, like. Oh, I did not have the guts to go there sober. No, not at all. So what was it like when you got there? So I caught an Uber over there. And like, at that point, I was starting to get super nervous because I had put this like on blast in the Facebook group. And like all of these people had followed my Snapchat. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm probably not even going to get in, you know, because like (laughs) I've been to things like this before. And it usually like if you're not a celebrity, they treat you like total shit. Like, you don't get in, and you. I thought I was going to end up just, like, standing along a red carpet, like, awkwardly for an hour, and then leaving. <laughs> really bad for myself. Oh, wait, I just want to note, by the way, that on the invitation, it said red carpet at 8.30, then sit down dinner at 10 o'clock. So there yeah. was, like, an hour and a half allotted to a red carpet time. Right. And I wasn't sure if there's, like, an unspoken rule that you're supposed to go late or if I should go, like, right at 8.30 to, like, increase my chances of getting in. And I was kind of, like, going back and forth on that. It seems like a a long time. time. Like, you would think it would be, like, 8.30 to 10 is, like, red carpet slash cocktails. Yeah. Like, it just, it seemed like, what are we going to, like, this isn't the Oscars. Like, the Oscars red carpet is barely even an hour and a half. Like, (laughs) When I saw later how they had handled it, it was like, so nobody actually walked the red carpet. The red carpet was at most the size of two bath mats put together. I was truly shook 
by your snap, like standing like a little bit away from the red carpet and people are like on chairs, like fully setting up like the step and repeat backdrop. Yeah, there was like a guy like holding it up for a little while. <laughs> I was like, really? I screamed because <laughs> like when I was reading the event, like the thing that stuck out most to me was like, why is there an hour and a half long red carpet? And I also thought it was weird that it was a sit down dinner. I thought that was weird for like an open invite birthday party um i don't know if that's the norm like i don't go to celebrity parties but i've always just assumed it was like like a paid appearance like i'll she'll just be at the nightclub so i thought it was weird in general it was it absolutely was because i i don't think anyone could tell whether it was just like a filming night uh an appearance or farah's actual birthday party so it was like a weird mishmash of all of those things at once and everybody was confused yeah because well first of all i just want to say for everyone that farah's birthday is the day after mine so farah and i are quite connected um thank you (laughs) last year my 20s um but so farah and i are quite connected in that way but like, when I think of a celebrity birthday party, I think, of like, the Kardashians or, like, the Vanderpump Rules kids who go to, like, some weird bar in Oklahoma and get paid $50,000. And it's like, come celebrate my birthday at, like, some weird college bar, like a paid appearance. So I was like, why is this a sit-down dinner? Like, you're like I was like, is this our actual birthday party? <laughs> the PR company that did this was a mess from, like... Oh. Oh, well, start to finish. Did you meet so, Johnny Donovan, her PR guy? I did not meet Johnny, but I'm pretty sure I know who he was because there was a guy that was having a perpetual nervous breakdown the entire night. And he looked like <laughs> a weird, like, Guido, but, like, not a Guido. Like, he had, like, that – did he have, like, spiked hair a little bit and, like, a bad tan? Yes. Yeah, that's I, Johnny Donovan. Been... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trust. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was on the ledge the whole night. I mean, <laughs> so the, so the red carpet was set up and it just kind of like there were these photographers just standing around there. And then every once in a while, like someone would go up and they would take pictures. And it wasn't clear to me if that person was even famous or if they were literally like testing the lighting. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like. I tried to snap something and everybody gave me a dirty look. So I kind of got the vibe that it wasn't cool. And I stood there for a little while. And then I kind of like walked on it and turned to the photographers and made a joke and was like, would you like me to do a pose? And one of them was like, please. <laughs> How many photo- Well, what time of night was this, by the way? This is probably like right around nine o'clock. Okay. So you got there like, this is like not like the minute it starts, but it's like still pretty early-ish in the night. Yes. Yeah. And there was no like moment of celebrities really walking down the red carpet. What happened was like everybody went into the party um, and they were filming like some other reality show people that were there, uh, which we'll get into later. And the rest of us were just kind of standing around. And then all of a sudden they were like, it's red carpet time. And they pulled a bunch of people out of the party and had them do a red carpet thing. And it's so funny to me to look at the pictures because it does look so legit. (laughs) And so they did a good job, like with the testing, like they knew what they were doing. I guess so. I guess I guess that's what it is. Like I it's the whole night. The best way to describe it, I think, is orchestrated chaos. Because, like, so many things were so orchestrated and fake, and yet it was in the middle of this absolutely, like, chaotic shit show. That's really interesting. So it was, like, so planned and, like, to the T, but also completely not. Yeah, and, like, I and almost everybody else at the party wasn't in on what was happening. So, like... (laughs) 
looking back on it later and seeing like this guy that I met being interviewed by E News, I'm like, wait, E News was there? <laughs> it was literally the saddest thing in the world when I walked in. It's so funny because actually E News. It's funny you say that because E News. So it used to be Us Weekly that um got like all the Teen Mom exclusive, you know, like the MTV exclusives, the Teen Mom exclusives, and then all of a sudden I noticed E News was getting them and like. It was like one of them got pregnant and it was announced on E! News. And I was like, why the fuck is E! News covering the Teen Moms? Like, they've never covered them. And then I've noticed like every major Teen Mom story since then, I think that was like March or February, has been via uh, E! News. So I'm not that surprised that they were at Farrah's birthday party. That's so interesting. And I just wonder how everybody knew like the time except for me. Like, was there a side communication going on where E! News knew exactly when to pull up when everybody was <laughs> and Farrah would arrive like apparently with her daughter who I also had no idea had walked the red carpet because she definitely didn't come inside so it's very interesting I'm actually glad to hear that because I did see the picture of her on the red carpet and since I knew for a fact that dinner started at 10 I was like and it was in a nightclub I was like why is she there so actually I'm glad to hear that she only walked the red carpet because she is like eight (laughs) yeah yeah I saw Farrah walk in and she definitely wasn't there and I didn't see her the whole night. And when I got into the like belly of the beast, there were only like 20 people there. So I would have noticed. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So the red carpet set up, you get inside, like you make a joke with the photographers, you get inside and then what? Yeah. Well, I don't think I was actually on the list for the event, which was also kind of funny because like the guy... <laughs> So when I RSVP'd, I had given, like, I had purposely misspelled my own name a little bit because I had this moment of panic being like, oh, God, like, I have a job. Like, what if someone Googles me and it comes up that I was on this list for Farrah Abrams' birthday party? <laughs> so I, like, misspelled my name a little. But then when I got up to the door, I forgot I had done that. So I was giving the guy, like, two different names. <laughs> he was like flipping through the paper and then I like just started talking about like I I dropped the name of the podcast and I think he just got so sick of me that he was like whatever just go in (laughs) (laughs) but wait also this you this didn't cost money for you to enter right no not at all okay so I go in and the way it was set up there was like this narrow bar area at the front like really really narrow and then a restaurant behind it Um, so everybody was like crowded into this narrow bar area and they had these reserved tables all around. So we were just like standing there and I was like, okay, I feel like this is just going to be it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I like to, in order to get through the crowd to even get a drink, I had to ask this woman to move. (laughs) She did. And we started talking and that was like how I made my first friend of the night. Um, and then just kind of cascaded from there. Was it open bar? It was not at that point open bar, and I was not happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, excuse me, I have to pay for a drink? Well, I was intending to get extremely drunk really fast. And then when I found I had to pay like $20 a drink, I was like, oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Although I still did get extremely drunk really fast. Good. (laughs) So you make your first friend. Yes. Um, So my first friend... Um, okay, uh, I'm going to try to describe this. I'm saying next to her, she's completely gorgeous, and she's wearing only lingerie. Oh, and, I mean, because yeah, obviously lingerie is Gatsby-themed. <laughs> yeah, but she had, like, the makeup and the yeah, feather yeah. and the hair, and she was going with the theme. But, like, she was, like, supermodel gorgeous and almost naked. And I was like, 
I don't know if I can talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) But so it turned out that she was there working for a lingerie company that Farah is either associated with or considering being associated with. So interesting. she was there like as a model for their clothing. And as part of that, she was supposed to like be this character, but like she was nervous and like I was nervous and she kept like going between being the character and being the person and it was kind of confusing. And I think even Sorry. when I interviewed her, she used like both names. <laughs> but then like we had this mo- great moment where like I was interviewing her and she was like talking about Farah a little bit and the line and then she just kind of broke and was like, I don't really know what I'm doing here, actually. I've only been working for the company a few days, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here either. And we, like, had this moment (laughs) where, like, we both kind of confessed that we had no idea what was going on. (laughs) And from that point on, she was my friend. And, like, now she's still my friend. Like, we text every day, so. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So because I met her, um... I interviewed her. She started talking about the lingerie company a little bit. And then she called over this woman, Helen, that actually owned the lingerie company. And then Helen was like my guide for the rest of the night. Um, It turned out that she was one of the sponsors of the event. So like once, yeah, like once we bonded and we had this kind of really intense, amusing conversation, a lot of which was caught on that interview, which is part of why it was so long. Um, And we just kind of like, hit it off and then she invited me into the back and I was sitting at like their sponsor table like throughout the dinner you just like lucked your way into the VIP I did I I I fell into it completely accidentally (laughs) like I'm a big believer in like the universe and like a higher power of the universe and like that you had like sent the wrong email that you then send the right one then you luck your way into VIP like you were supposed to be there which is so funny because why like that was the big thing is like I was the only one there that didn't know anything about Teen Mom and didn't know anything about Farah, And, like, I was just like, I don't deserve this. <laughs> so it's not that, like, it just happens to be, like, a reality show I haven't seen. I'm just more into, like, the Southern Charm, Bachelor, yeah. Bachelor, Vanderpump Rules world. So it's not like I think I'm too good for Teen Mom or Farah or anything. It's just, like, it, this just happened to be the one I got in. <laughs> That's so, yeah. So, Helen, you said it. How many people were there for, like, the dinner part? Okay, so we go into this back room for the dinner part. Um, and oh, because actually... I want to interrupt you, but Boutique, which I know from reading a Jezebel article on it, Boutique is uh-huh. like, a, like a real restaurant, but also a nightclub. Well, I found right? out later there's a secret nightclub behind the restaurant. Okay. Which is one of the most bizarre places I've ever been in my life, but we'll get there. So <laughs> <laughs> I go back to the dinner, um, and then Helen invites me to her table. We sit down, and then, like, all of these people kind of bum rushed in. And then that was when my dear friend Johnny had like a complete breakdown. <laughs> he started yelling at everyone because there was like no security keeping anyone out of there. Oh, so, so like it was supposed to be like a private room, but like everybody just walked into it? Yes. And then on top of it, like they had all these cameras in there because they were setting up to film part of the dinner. Yeah, I was so, going to interrupt you and say MTV was there. Yes. And it was so interesting to me to see, like, the filming of a reality show because, like, I've seen them film movies in New York City and TV shows and Mm -hmm. stuff. And, like, it's so organized. And even watching stuff like on Vanderpump Rules where they make every person sign the release before they even get in the door. This was nothing like that. Yeah, I'm surprised because, so, uh, 
like Laura, who does uh, the Sex Unique podcast about Vanderpump Rules, like explained, mm-hmm. like when she goes, has been on Vanderpump Rules a couple of times, like before you even walk in, like you have to sign like an extensive release, like basically signing away all of your rights to like you being in that room. And yeah, I've heard that too because I, I listened to stuff as well, and I feel like I've heard Molly and Ryan talk about it when they went to that Vanderpump event, um, Tom Sandoval's birthday. Oh right, right so I was right, like right. ready for that. And I was, like, around in front of cutting between those cameras all night, and nobody handed me a release, so... Well, you know if you get on TV, you should sue MTV for that. (laughs) I'm sure I'm going to be that, like, weird, blurry face in the background. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be sitting in posts, like, did no field producer get a fucking release signed? (laughs) I saw at one point that they pulled out the releases, and I just kind of ducked away, and, like, nobody bothered me about it, so... That's so funny. I know. Okay, so, like, Johnny Donovan flips out because dinner, mad people rushed in. Mad people rushed in, and then everything was, like, confused, and he was kind of, like, going person to person trying to suss out who was supposed to be there and who wasn't. (laughs) Um, And the only reason I passed that test is because I was sitting next to Helen. (laughs) I mean, perfect. for sure was not supposed to be there. (laughs) And then he came up to the table and like, what was funny about sitting with all the sponsors is that like everyone's kind of kissing their ass, you know, people that are paying for it. And these are also all of Farah's like current and potential business partners. So everybody was like super nice to me. (laughs) I just like rolled with it. So Johnny came running up to us and he was just like, is this, he he, like turns to Helen and he's like, is this your crew? Is this your crew? And she was like, yes. And he was like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm really pissed off. I'm really pissed off. All these people rushed in here. I don't know who's supposed to be here. And now people like you have to wait for the food while I figure this out. Like total meltdown. And all of us are perfectly calm just staring at him like, dude, it's okay. I mean, it's insane to have a sit down dinner that doesn't like that you don't have security at the door, like prearranged seats and everybody has like a fucking ticket in their hand. Yeah, the the whole night was just very confusing because like, I you know, I came in so cold and then I kept just like getting led into the next thing and then led into the next thing. But I never had any clue what was coming. And like so many things are so like orchestrated and artificial because they're filming. So it was like, I feel like I almost missed half the night because like in every second I was just trying to figure out what was happening. <laughs> I feel like that's a I mean, I know you don't watch the show, but like what you just said is like a perfect metaphor for Farrah's life. Like, I think that's how she like (laughs) operates and like lives in her day to day. So, I mean, I like, I'm glad her birthday party reflected her, you know, like, you know, I almost don't want to know anything about Farrah because I feel like she's got a special place in my heart now. Like, yeah, I want my experience with Farrah in this life to be exactly what it was that night and nothing more. Totally pure. (laughs) totally pure because we should talk about this like so when we were sitting down she came around and she started to schmooze and like Mm -hmm. what I realized about her right away is that like she has got the game down like she has been doing this for 10 years like she knows how to get like her spiel across in 10 seconds almost like she has a stump speech like a politician and she totally works the room did you notice her tone of voice was like kind of weird I noticed, like, her affect. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. wondering if you found, like, because I'm interested in this, because 
So you don't know, but, like, she's kind of, she's nuts. And, like, I'm kind of convinced, like, if she changed the way, like, her tone of voice and her affect, like, she would be completely different. And, like, 99% of the things she said wouldn't come off so badly. It's just the tone of her voice. So I'm wondering if, like, she was speaking that way that night or if she was, like, just in total schmaltzy smoothie mood. I mean, I got to be honest with you. She kind of swept me off my feet. I was there. I was there for Farah. Like, she she came up um, to our table, and she was talking to Helen first. And then um, everybody that I had been sitting with was telling her about me because they knew I was, like, recording things for a podcast. And, like, they were trying to be really supportive. So, like, before I even talked to her, she knew who I was. Oh, my God. Um, I Wait, know. by the way, like, I really like Helen and her friends that they were, like, supporting you on your podcasting journey. Oh my God. It was, it was so funny that I met like this particular group of people because I went into this night and like my whole plan was just like be in the corner making fun of everyone. Yeah. Because I told you, you were like, well, be on snap. I'm like, yo, record voice memos and I'll definitely put them on the show. Yeah. And I started to do that. And I started like off making fun of people, especially when like Deborah walked in with that guy that looks like Santa Claus, but I guess it's her fiance. (laughs) Um, and like, I started just like ripping on everyone and then I started talking to them and they were so nice to me. And I was like, Oh my God, like it it took me like 10 minutes to completely sell out. (laughs) Okay. That's why Farah and the other teen moms will never be on this podcast because I will totally turn into an ass kisser and like be in love with them. I know myself. I'm exactly the same way. It was like, I couldn't not be nice back because... Yeah, what are you going to do? Go in there and be an asshole to her face? Like, no. Anybody that says that they would do that, like, honestly, if you do that, you're a sociopath. Like, there's something yeah. wrong with you. Like, as a human, like, if you go into a situation, like, even if you're intending to snark and then someone's nice to you and then you continue to snark, like, I question, like, your ability to emphasize with other humans. Like, I totally agree. I totally agree. But it's not as fun to listen to. And I felt like that kind of pressure the whole night. I mean, um, it's literally the pumped podcast and what happened it was, with yeah. it. Exactly. Exactly what was on my mind, even in the moment, even in my drunkenness, I was like, I'm Craig and Blythe. I'm not any better than Craig and Blythe. <laughs> Which, by the way, were the two hosts of the pump, the pumped podcast that got very close with the cast and now, like, literally live with them and they're, like, best friends. Um, and it, it, it blew up the the podcast it blew it up and it's why like I have a feeling like I could figure out a way to like get connected with Farah now because of this but like I'm just not interested in that because I I want them to be characters on my tv yeah like I love this to be on the podcast yeah I I love straight up asked me yeah exactly we'll get to that but like I love this that like you and I are talking about and I'm getting your experience but like that's not for me (laughs) yeah and also, you would not get the same Farah that I got that night because she knows when the cameras are on what's expected of her. And I think she's a lot more in on that than people think. Yeah, that's interesting because my thing, though, is that, like, sometimes she comes off so crazy that I'm like, does it really matter if you're putting this on for the cameras? Because you're, like, willing to allow everybody to think this is how you actually are. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, my big question on Farah and, like, any real reality TV villain that, like, that I think might turn it on. It's like, so you're turning it on, but like you're presenting yourself as a reality TV character. So does it fucking matter? 
Yeah. And also like sacrificing so much in your life, you know, in order to do that. I just, I don't think I have it in me to do that. Even if I made millions and millions of dollars, because I want to have normal human relationships with people. Absolutely. So you being with Helen, like just changed the entire night. Yes. And, and I do want to give her a shout out because she's such a great person and she, um, has these two lingerie stores, one in Beverly Hills and one in Pittsburgh. Um, and she's all about like making lingerie stores that make women feel really comfortable and about like female empowerment. That's and she awesome. makes her awesome. store feel like you like walk in and you're with all your girlfriends and she's very like female friendly. And that's why like she saw I needed help and she took me right under her wing. So I love and I, I like I genuinely that. love that they like found out you were like talking about a podcast and then they were like, she does a podcast like you need to talk to her like that's yeah. like amazing. It was so seductive, right? Because I don't really, I, I don't have a creative type of job. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was so intoxicating for people to treat me like that. Because because I was in there, everybody assumed I was doing this for like this huge hit podcast. And they were trying to be like, they were trying to get my attention, like almost like I was being wooed by people who wanted me to interview them. <laughs> <laughs> like you were on fucking like, um, like Pod Saves America or like Serial. Like you were Sarah Kane yeah. from Serial. Yeah. I, I, and I was loving it. I was loving it. Of course. So, yeah, of course. And also, like, there was this feeling of, like, everybody there does creative things. Like, Helen makes her own lingerie. This guy, um, Frizzy, was there who's a rapper. And I was with the model who's doing her own thing. And, like, because everybody was creative, everybody was, like, so supportive of creative endeavors. And I was the only one at the party that was doing one. So I was, like, the queen. I love, like, I mean, like, I love so- that. And I absolutely, I'm sure, could have flown up to New York and gotten into that party now that you say that. <laughs> 100%. I think you can use this podcast to get into all kinds of parties. <laughs> just it right. So let's get back to like Ferris working the room. She comes over to Helen. Mm-hmm. So she came over to Helen. They were all taking pictures and Farrah was kind of the one encouraging all the pictures. She was totally doing that like celebrity thing of mm-hmm. making sure she got the selfie with everyone. Um, Deborah came over. That's so funny. And- I just want to interrupt you because I met Dr. Oz like semi recently and like he it's so interesting watching like a celebrity work because like they know you want a picture and they're like yeah yeah take as many pictures as you want oh don't take it like that like you look good when you say like like dr oz like dictated how he took pictures and you know what they came out really fucking well he knew what he was doing i think that's amazing because i don't think if i were him i would be that nice (laughs) i mean this is like a such i can't like get totally into it because it was like through work but he was like Mm -hmm. very nice and like it, but it was, like, interesting because he was working, even though it, like, wasn't, like, a work for him. But, like, I think, like, he knows, like, taking a picture is work for him because it will probably get put on the internet. Yeah. So he wants it to be flattering, too. And he wants, he wants it to be flattering. And he understands, like, what a good picture is. And he also understands, like, like, he had basically, like, everybody in the office take a picture with him. And it wasn't, like, a cocky thing. He just, like, knew, like, I'm a celebrity. People want to take pictures with me. Like, just take a picture with me. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. She was very much the same. Like, and it's funny to me to watch someone just like work their celebrity like that. Yeah. Because it's not something I get to see very often. Exactly. And it's definitely like a mode people get into where like Farah in a 10 second snap gets across who she is, what show she's on, where bar she's at, and that there's a private room there. Like, you know, that it's, is it's impressive. Because I have yeah. to send like six, like, so Maria 
who uh guests on this podcast in the Mackenzie episode like we snap all day and like I sent her like 19 I today I sent her at least 10 snaps to describe one story about a discount I got at Walgreens because I talk slowly <laughs> and like look at myself while I'm doing it and then like zoom in on a zit I have like I cannot get my info in in under 10 seconds <laughs> I'm exactly the same way. And you heard my recording. It was like two hours long of me rambling because <laughs> I have the same problem. So, so Farah came around. I saw Deborah walked up and um, Farah introduced Deborah to um, Helen um, as her like business partner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was the only time I saw Farah and Deborah interact with each other directly the entire night. That's very interesting because Farah has been saying she's, like, keeping a distance from her mom, which is good. They need to completely be out of each other's lives. But interesting. Interesting. Yeah. There's definitely a very um, bad vibe between them. And Deborah, like, she came in very early, and she just kind of sat at one of the side tables by the bar. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, she's drunk. She didn't seem like it, no. Right. She was just, like, sitting there really quietly with her... Is it fiancé or boyfriend? Her fiancé, Dr. David. Okay. So she was just sitting there kind of quietly, like, talking to him. And then, um, t- I guess we're kind of going back in time again. But, like, okay. when we were sitting at the bar, all these other reality stars came in um, who I didn't know who they were at the time. I knew one of them. And I knew I knew her because of <laughs> the um, Facebook page. Because someone had just happened to speak about her and post a picture of her like a few days before. It mm-hmm. was that woman, Nicole, that does road rules. Oh, yeah. I don't really keep up with the road rules uh, challenge stuff. But, I yeah, I know who Nicole is. Yeah. So, like, she's in that relationship with, I think, someone named Lauren. Yeah. The, the, I was going to say she's a lesbian, right? Yeah. And I recognized her in part because she showed up wearing, like, a man's suit. And everyone else was, like, super girly flapper style. She good. I love a woman in a suit. <laughs> She didn't. She oh. was not like Ariana in the suit. She oh, was. Okay. She looked kind of greasy, and she also kind of gave me stink eye. So she was not my favorite person of the night. She was not supportive of the podcasting. She was not. None of those girls were. None of the like. First of all, what were they even doing there? Now I know that they're not even associated with Teen Mom, and they were there before Pharaoh was there filming their part. So I was like, Are we filming two different shows at once, or are they gonna like? I guess Edit like together. because they're MTV people. So who else was there? What other reality people were there? Oh God, people said it on the page, but I it was a bunch of people from the um uh the real world road rules thing and then um the Are You the One or oh, something okay. like that. Yeah. So MTV yeah. people. Yeah. Like people yeah. that like unless you watch like their specific season of their show, like you've no fucking clue who they are. Right. And, like, some of them were kind of nice. They had a makeup artist there. I joked with one of them a little bit. But, like, also, on a whole, they were, like, the only people at the party that were kind of bitchy and not really interacting with anyone. So That's funny. Like, yeah, you're not that I'm famous. Huh? to see if they edit it so that it looks like they were at the dinner part because they were definitely not at the dinner part. They filmed their scenes completely separately before Farrah walked in the door. <laughs> and then they left? I thought they left, but then I saw, like, photos of them later that they were actually at the after party. I just didn't see them there. So they didn't go to the dinner. Maybe they went to, like, the nightclub part and drank. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So anyway, going back to the dinner. So um, then I walked up to Farah, and the first thing she says to me is, oh, my God, tell me about this podcast. I want to be on it. (laughs) (laughs) And to be 
honest, I, I at this point I was really drunk because like back in the dinner party the free booze was flowing. Okay, That's wait, all the, I like, need to interject. What kind of food did they serve? Was it good? <laughs> like these are the oh things God, that I want to know. Talk about the food. It was so weird. All right, so Farrah came up. We did our snap. We met. She was really nice. Then she went back and sat down at like her table, mm-hmm. and then the camera crew was kind of filming stuff. So. When they bring out the food, they bring out these, like, family-sized portions in big bowls, but they didn't give us any plates. <laughs> like it was Maggiano's with no plates. Yeah. So, like, we had salad plates, so we got, like, four bites of salad. But then after, <laughs> this, like, pasta dish came, and there was no plates to, like, to use it. Also, so <laughs> like, pasta's kind of a weird meal to have, like, at a nightclub. Yeah, yeah. It it was weird. It wasn't very good. dancing after you eat pasta? Well, nobody ate, because this is what happened. Because there were no plates, Helen was just like, all right, everyone just grab a spoonful and pass it around. (laughs) So I grabbed this big bowl. I get, like, one spoonful of pasta. I pass it away, and I never saw it again. (laughs) (laughs) But the booze was flowing. Yeah, and I was like, I kind of need that pasta right now. And then the same thing happened with, like, all the sides. So I got, I had one chicken wing, <laughs> bite of pasta, what? and, like, four bites of salad, and, like, 20 vodkas. So. That's the weird, okay, first of all, that's the weirdest combination of food. Chicken wings and pasta. Yeah. Like, yeah. if I'm going to an event at, like, that's a nightclub, too, and, like, there's, like, maybe dancing afterwards, like, I want, like, a chicken dish or, like, a sta- like a wedding, like a wedding meal, basically, like, not, like, yeah. a heavy fucking pasta and chicken wings. After I eat that, I'm like, I need to get in bed. Like, right. And who wants to eat a chicken wing at a party when, like, you get sauce and crap all over you? Like, if I wasn't starving, I would not have gone for that. That's <laughs> so funny. What a weird mix of food. I know. But it also kind of added to, like, the friendliness, like, because it was so weird and we're all eating out of the same bowl and, like, <laughs> laughing about how ridiculous it was. So, like, that's why I felt like, I was like, oh, these people are, like, my family now. Yeah. We're, well, we're, I like, life. we're eight cocktails deep, so we're already quite close. <laughs> yes. And Helen's, like, um, FaceTiming her daughters being, like, telling them about the podcast because she thinks <laughs> that they're going to like it. And I'm, like, FaceTiming with them. And I'm just, like... <laughs> Liz, I do want to say, I did say it wasn't my podcast. Oh, no. I hope you said it was your podcast. Like, I'm totally I called myself cool the that. New York City correspondent. But That's like... okay. You are the New York City correspondent now officially. <laughs> but I honestly wouldn't have even been mad if you said it's feathers in my hair and I'm the host of it. Like, that would have been very funny. <laughs> I did say the name. I did say the name. <laughs> that, like, honestly, even if you never said the name and you implied you were the host, like, I would be on board because it's just so <laughs> funny. Like... I mean, I should be like, did you say the name? Did you say my name? Like, did you get promo? But, like, really, this is funnier to me. <laughs> Not only did I say the name, but, like, people put it into their phones. And, like, oh. I feel like they're actually going to try to listen to this. So I, mean, I hope they, they do. Because, like, they sound like good people. Like, I can't believe, like, that she had such, like, positive... I'm. You know, I am, like, I'm kind of a fair hater, especially lately. But I, like, am happy to hear that whoever she's this person she's getting in business with like is a good person she really is a good person and actually she told me a story about Farah that like totally changed my mind about her so do you want to get into that yes okay 
So when I interviewed Helen, um, one of the first things that she told me was that her daughter is 16 and um, told her that she was pregnant in March. Oh, wait, this is so funny. She, I just listened to a Dr. Drew podcast that Farrah was on, and she was talking about her friend in Pittsburgh that had a 16-year-old daughter that was pregnant. It oh, was my Helen. God. That's Helen. I was like, how did she get a friend in Pittsburgh? <laughs> Lingerie, it brings us all together. <laughs> so Helen has a 16-year-old daughter that's pregnant. Yes, and so I guess MTV has spoken to her a little bit about whether or not she's going to go on the show. So when I interviewed um, Helen, I was surprised at like how in-depth she was like willing to go about all of this. Because um, we, like, we got in. We got yeah. into this. Um, but one of the first things she said was that when she found out her daughter was pregnant, um, Farrah was one of the first people that she called, and that Farrah was like, so supportive and was just like, all right, we got to get you in touch with all of these resources and like put her in touch with this whole support network. She actually stayed at their house for like a little while. And I was like, to hear like Helen just kind of raving about what a great person she is. I was kind of like, wow, like this, there's such a conflict here between like what I'm hearing from these people that know her and like what I know of her like personality publicly. Yeah, so, I'm like, I am glad to hear that because we've, like, barely ever even seen Farrah have a friend. Like, yeah. she's had, like, two friends on the entire show, and she's never seemed like a loyal or good friend. And, I like, I am really glad to hear that. Like, it gives me yeah. hope that she, like, is a human. Yeah, it was touching. And also, like, I noticed that... Like, the crew between filming were, like, sitting down at her personal table and eating dinner. And there was, like, a lot of, like, blurred lines between people, like, in the crew and her. And I just kind of got a sense that, like, people don't seem to hate her. Mm-hmm. Um, which, when Johnny gave his toast, he mentioned her, like, being treated really badly by the crew. Which, awkward, because they were, like, all right there. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that was, like, for TV or what, but, like... From what I saw, all of these people genuinely seem to like her and, like, are her friends. Interesting. And, like, I am loving hearing this, but I also know myself in, like, within two minutes of us finishing this conversation, I'm sure I'll go right back to hating fair. This is why I don't want to ever Google her again. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, I, like, I'm honestly, like, the thing that I'm, like, most shocked to hear about is her friendship with Helen and that that is good to hear because I have been worried that Farrah has a complete inability to relate to others because like what we see on the show like makes me nervous that like whatever personality disorder she may have or whatever's going on like just makes her completely unable to like react or to relate to people beyond a service surface level so it's nice to hear that (laughs) and also nice that she has this like feminist like caretaker in her life like that kind of maybe she'll better to stop supporting trump (laughs) oh god i can't even think about that it kills me (laughs) i almost didn't go like when i heard that i was like i can't i can't to be honest i don't don't think she really supports trump i think fair just says like the most outrageous shit she can and at the time it was trump stuff yeah i I completely agree so i want to hear about the toasts okay so um this was like the one part of the dinner party that i recorded because nobody was paying attention to me um so Johnny, like, stands up and starts to give this toast, and he's just like, Farah, like, you've been through so much, and people are so terrible to you, like, the cast and crew of MTV have put you through so much shit, and, like, this and that. And she, she's just sitting there like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> See, and that's what kills me, because it's like, 
that's what kills me about Farrah and also like reality TV villains in general, especially if like the villain role has been crafted by them. It's like, yeah. then you like cry that people are mean to you. Yeah, I know. I know. And and this was like where I saw the little bit of Farrah that like, I think everybody else sees on the show all the time. Yeah. So she's like nodding along. And then Deborah said something like, I think she was like, like she suggested that uh, Farrah do something like maybe stand up and like give a speech herself. Mm-hmm. And Farrah like lost it. Oh. <laughs> I have this on my voice note. She snaps at Deborah from like across the table. Like they weren't sitting anywhere close to each other. And she's just like, actually I'm quite fucking ill and I have to work all day tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to find that on the voice note and include that with it. <laughs> I mean, and I it was appreciate just... so much that you got the voice notes, but I feel like you and I talking about this is just, like, such a better explanation than me, like, cutting down to 15 minutes, like, what you sent me. Oh, yeah, and all the voice notes were super loud, too, so I wasn't yeah. even sure if they were going to be usable, so, yeah. So she yelled at Deborah. Like, did she it... yelled at Deborah. Interesting, interesting. It was very awkward, um, and then everybody just kind of, like, carried on. Um, <laughs> that was, like, when I was kind of like, okay, because the cameras were rolling, it was uh-huh. a different person, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that was where I was kind of like, I think she's in on this a little bit more than, like, people give her credit for. Interesting. So, was that towards the end of the dinner, the toasts? Yeah, so the toasts were to the, towards the end of the dinner, um... And then at that point, I started interviewing this rapper from Pittsburgh who is, like, part of the Helen and Model crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and his name was Frizzy, F-R-Z-Y. Um, and he was, like, there was all this, like, buzz about him and energy about him throughout the night because I guess he's, like, about to become super famous. He's, like, in that place where mm-hmm. he's getting interviewed by E! News. He just did a Calvin Klein, like, photo spread, oh. which... Ladies and gay men, look that up because he's smoking hot and shirtless. (laughs) And it's great. Um, So, but, you know, he's, like, not at that level of fame where he's, like, not approachable. So he was super nice. And, like, throughout the whole night, he kept coming up and being, like, I want to make sure, like, we get a chance to do an interview and da-da-da. And he was actually there because he was supposed to do this, like, freestyle rap for Farah for her birthday. Okay. Because I guess that's his thing, is he, like, freestyles and whatever. Um, so. Oh, my God, wait, I'm looking up his Calvin Klein thing right now? <gasps> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's hot. Yeah. Rizzy is also very special to me now and in my life, so. <laughs> so he he was supposed to do a freestyle rap for Farrah. Right. So as soon as I start interviewing him, we were, like, a minute in, and at this point, like, the voice notes are unlistenable because the drunker I got and the more like happy I got, the more awful my voice got. It's not very pleasant in the first place, but I'm like squeaking like a mouse when I'm talking to him. That's fair. Honestly. <laughs> so bad. Um, and he, but he was like really, really nice. And we're like admitted in and they were like, okay, we got to go. He's going to rap right now. So they like pulled him away to do this rap for Farah. And then I felt so bad because they kept like, they would like mic him up and get the whole thing set up and then it wouldn't happen. And then they were like, mic him up again and get the whole thing set up and it wouldn't happen. So the poor guy was just like getting jerked around. <laughs> I'm like, it was like always about to be his big moment and then it didn't happen. And I was like, I felt bad for him. But he was like, he was so chill and he was so nice. And like, once we had that little conversation, like I was latched onto him for dear life the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. 
That's so nice. Ugh, that's so nice that he like wanted to be on the podcast. He wanted to be in the podcast. He wanted like I don't know, he's just like a very open and like accommodating person in general. And I feel like we understood each other because we were both like the thing there that did not belong. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it, like there was like this unspoken agreement that we were like in this together and we're gonna watch out for each other throughout the night and like we really did. Yeah. <laughs> so. so anyway, and then at one point, um, you know, I'm talking to people, the food has disappeared. I'm thinking that we're going to finally cut into this gorgeous like birthday cake that I've been staring at for two hours. <laughs> And someone's just like, oh, come look at this back room with me. So they get pulled away and we go into this like secret back room that is this like nightclub. And I didn't realize the dinner was over. Like I left my purse in that room. I was like, we're just going to check this out. And then I'm going back and I'm totally going to eat that cake. (laughs) But no, no one ate the cake. The cake disappeared. That's upsetting. Once again, I was devastated. And, like, then it was just, like, we were in that room and the dinner was over. So, (laughs) in this room, it's so hard to describe this. So, like, I'm not a big club person in general. And Mm -hmm. maybe twice in my life I've done the whole, like, New York City club, like, bottle service thing. It just makes me deeply uncomfortable. Um, And it was, like, that kind of vibe. But it wasn't in a club. It was in, like, a big room. Like, an oversized garage and (laughs) it was like this was a room that exists so that rich people can be proud of themselves for getting into this room like that's why that place is there (laughs) and it's all these like models and these really ugly rich wall street dudes (laughs) and it's like such a scene it's so like weird so we're standing in there and like farah at this point has disappeared and I'm standing around with Frizzy because, again, he's supposed to do his rap now in front of the entire club. And we're just, like, killing time until that happens. And I still don't even realize that, like, now this is what I'm doing the rest of the night. So <laughs> I decide, like, we're, like, looking around at the bottle service and, like, watching these girls just, like, flirt their asses off with these, like, disgusting guys in order to get whatever, $700 vodka or whatever was happening. And I was like, you know what? I'm not willing to sit on the lap of this disgusting guy to get another drink i'm just gonna go up to the bar to order one so i like walk up to the bar and i order a drink and the bartender looks at me like i'm a complete alien (laughs) i guess you're not supposed to do that is it only bottle service i think it was only bottle service (laughs) (laughs) well they had a bartender how are you know that yeah well i guess like she was making the drinks but then the bottle Girls, b- yeah. bottle women, bottle service women, whatever. Uh, we're As like Chris running. Doty would call it a bottle slut. Oh God! <laughs> I also made friends with one of them. By the way, they have a tough ass job. Yeah. yeah. So I finally got a drink, and then at that point, the model that I was hanging out with, um, and I keep calling her that because I know she didn't want me to say her name, and I can't remember what her fake name was. I think it was something like Anita. Um, but she was also a really wonderful person. Um, Anita's like and- a very weird fake name to pick because, first of all, it's my grandmother's name. And second of all, <laughs> like, literally, it's my grandmother's name. Shout out to Anita Bentley. And, like, it's just a, that's a, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, hey, I'm Gertrude. Like, yeah. And also, I'm probably totally wrong. It yeah. probably wasn't that at all, but I it's can't okay. remember. Anita doesn't want her name on the pod. That's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but she was like a fascinating person. Um, so anyway, so she starts like flirting with these guys and like getting drinks and stuff. And I was like, uh, okay. I like, I went back to Frizzy and then it turned out like word came out that Farah drama had happened and Farah had fled the party. <laughs> fled. Fled. So then I was like, Frizzy's just standing there again. Like, I guess I'm not doing this. <laughs> Which sucks because he probably went with the promise that he was going to get airtime. I'm sure he did. He didn't complain about it. And he didn't, like, if he was mad, he didn't show it at all. He's like a pro, but yeah. I'm sure it had to suck. Yeah, because I'm sure he didn't just, like, go to Pharaoh's birthday party. And it was like, well, hopefully I'll get to rap. I'm sure MTV was like, yeah, if you come, like, we're going to give you airtime. I'm sure that was the deal. Because, I mean, I think he knew Farah a little, but, like, mm-hmm. they were not close. You know? Yeah, but yeah. they weren't doing anything like, this is Farah's boyfriend that's going to, like, send her a love rap or anything like that, right? Oh, thank God, no. I would have been so jealous. Like... <laughs> I'm pretty sure Frizzy's going to be my husband one day, so <laughs> Farrah needs to just take a seat. <laughs> and Farrah was not there with any man, correct? I did not see her there with any man. Um, I think someone told me in the snaps that they saw Simon. That's her. He was in, he was in San Diego. Her on and off okay. again boyfriend was not even in New York. Okay. Yeah. Then she definitely wasn't there with a guy. Yeah. So did word get out about what the drama was that made her flee? I know what I know is that she had some kind of a meltdown about people on the show being mean to her. Uh, And I guess there was some kind of a confrontation. Um, And I know that there was also another big confrontation between um, Dr. David and Mm -hmm. Farrah's dad. Oh, Michael Um, was there. We didn't even talk about Michael. Yes. Well, I didn't know who he was until after. Was he um, very timid in person? Did he look like just so out of place? He looked really out of place, and I was very confused at why they were filming him so much. I was like, who is this accountant? Is this, like, Sarah's accountant? (laughs) I can so perfectly picture you being like, what the fuck? I was like, I thought he was one of the rich sponsors. (laughs) But I watched him. Here's, like, a little, like, behind-the-curtain moment, right? Like, a quote-unquote reality tv so i watched him filming the scene with a woman who i guess is his girlfriend or wife Mm -hmm. and they were like resolving some big issue so like they had the boom mic over them and they're filming them and they're having this very like intense conversation but because the room is so small they're like in the middle of everything like i'm like taking my bite of pasta next to them (laughs) that's so weird it must have been his wife he has a wife i can't remember her name but because she's been in like two scenes that's so weird that they did it, like, at Farrah's birthday party. Yeah, so they're having this, like, intense conversation, and then they kiss at the end of it and make up, and then something must have gone wrong, because they made them do it again, like, twice. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's so weird to, like, watch people do that, like, because I don't understand how they draw the line between, like, what happens in their real relationship and what they're reenacting for a camera, like, that would be so confusing to me. Yeah. So the the word on the street was that Dr. David and Michael got into a like an argument? Yes. So allegedly like there was some kind of a confrontation between the two of them outside that like almost came to a fist fight. Sounds and right. yeah, it was about Dr. David um 
like expressing to Michael that Pharaoh's really like messed up and needs help and I don't really know what Michael said like in response to that, but it almost led to a fight between them. And then of course Deborah was like in the middle of that. But I didn't know any of this at the time. So like it's so funny to hear it because like these people were so boring at the dinner. They were like sitting there not talking to anyone. <laughs> I mean they're like it's what you heard, like I'm a hundred percent positive that's exactly what happened like that is on character for all three of those people involved I'm positive that's what happened like that sounds exactly right Dr. David is a very interesting person to me because the vibe that I got from him was that he thinks all of this is like kind of ridiculous Mm -hmm. like he kind of had that like look on his face of like you know, I can't believe the artifice of this situation. I'm just kind of going along with it. And I'm kind of smirking on the side a little bit. And like, he and Deborah were so secluded from everybody for the entire night that like, the idea that he was like into it and in fisticuffs with this accountant looking dude outside is so weird. Because <laughs> I even had a moment with him, like he was standing right next to me filming something too. And I I didn't know who he was. I just kept thinking this man looks so much like Santa Claus. So I looking at him and I kind of thought like we had a moment where we made eye contact and kind of smiled at each other. And I thought we were mutually like having a moment of like, look how crazy everyone else is here. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently not. (laughs) And it's so funny you say that because it's like when he's on the show, that's the exact vibe he gives. But it's so weird because the words he says, like, doesn't match up with, like, the facial expressions he's making. So, like, he'll be giving a look, at least in my opinion, that's, like, he, like, looks at the camera and, like, looks at Deb and Fair and it's, like, haha, this is bullshit. And then he'll, like, look at Fair and be, like, you're everything that's wrong with your relationship with your mother. Like, so it's, like, very. That sounds exactly right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, very weird. And he'll be, like, you two just need to figure it out. But your mother's fine. And, like, just the way that you treat people is not right. And, I mean, he's, like, half wrong because Deborah is, like, the fucking devil and fair is the way she is because of Deborah, but um it's so but he like does it with this like weird candor that you're like does he believe like (laughs) it's almost like seeing like like a dummy sitting in the corner and then all of a sudden that dummy comes to life and does a lot of stuff really fast and then just goes back to being dummy (laughs) (laughs) did did uh so Deborah I'm surprised Deborah wasn't schmoozing with people she wasn't much. Um, I didn't talk to her at all. Um, what I'll say about her is that she's a lot prettier than I thought she was going to be. I was going to ask like, what she looked like, if she looked scary. She looked really good. Um, her hair was gorgeous. And has she had, like, a lot of work done to her well, face? she got a what's called a liquid facelift, and I'm not sure what that is. But um, I think Deb is probably one of the – I can actually imagine this, that her work looks really good in person, but not so great on HD. <laughs> Yeah. Like a real housewife syndrome. I think, um, I thought she looked great and I hadn't seen her. Like I saw clips of her maybe from like a really long time ago. So I was like very pleasantly surprised at how pretty she was. Um, but she's she's a great body, right? Like she's a nice figure. Oh my God. She's so skinny. Yeah. Yeah. And she was dressed very like elegantly and, you know, she talked to people, like, a little bit, but she was not, there was nothing, like, warm and welcoming about her that made me feel like I could go up to her and be like, hey, I'm doing this podcast. Like, I feel like she probably would have just punched me in the face. That's so, so interesting because, like, I'm assuming she's doing that because her and Farrah are kind of on the outs right now. But, like, mm-hmm. I, 
because fair dev always gets the rap as like the narcissist and like needs all the attention in the room and so i'm surprised that she wasn't doing that and like working the room yeah not at all not at all maybe she was in a weird mood that night or something that's interesting yeah that i mean it i'm that's like the most shocking part to me I do have to say one of my favorite things I caught on my snaps though is like Deborah and Frizzy having a conversation <laughs> in the corner of the room. <laughs> because that match of people, like Deborah was dressed very like mother of the bride in this like long <laughs> black gown with like a gold sequence like little jacket on top. And Frizzy is like a freestyle rapper from Pittsburgh and he yeah. was in this blue suit and just like he's really tall and he has this like certain presence and just watching the two of them talk to each other I was like what's going on like what are they talking about that's so funny so what happened after Farrah fled after Farrah fled like we were all like just kind of standing there and um I think at this point like it gets very like hazy for me um I was hanging out with Frizzy and the model and I kept, I think I kept like wandering off because I remember being found by Frizzy a lot and like pulled back into the crowd. (laughs) So I think I was just like wandering off into the corners of the room. (laughs) Um, And then it like became, like everybody decided to leave and um, they invited me back to their hotel room. And uh, you know, a little part of me like regrets that I didn't do it, but in the moment I was like okay like there's a vibe it was okay well I mean you maybe could have had a cool threesome but like honestly I think not going back might have been perfect it was like a perfect like flash and a what's it like lightning in a bottle like this moment of time you have this one party and that was it yes I I think so. And I think it would have gotten really weird because they were the whole Pittsburgh crew of people were staying together. So Mm -hmm. it was Helen, her fiance, Richard, who I didn't even talk about, um, but had kind of this like Hunter S. Thompson look and vibe about him. Um, He didn't say much, but when he did, it was really funny. Um, And then Frizzy, the model. um, Oh, and this other woman whose name I can't remember. And I didn't know exactly, like, who was staying in whose room. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, it's one thing if, like, Frizzy's inviting me back, and that's, like, one person I don't know that well. And then Frizzy and the model together, maybe there was a vibe there. That's two people I don't know that well. But, like, going back to a hotel with five people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the night was so perfect. I think you did the best. Like, it could have gotten better or it could have gotten significantly worse and we wouldn't be having this conversation because you would have been like nope it was bad don't want to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) it's so true it's so true and instead like I exchanged numbers with all of these people and like over the last week they've been a part of my daily life that's Um, amazing yeah Helen unfortunately I have not heard from and I didn't get her number she got mine Mm -hmm. Um, but I do want to give a shout out to her store please um, do plug it all Okay, so the lingerie store in Beverly Hills and in Pittsburgh is Pultra. It's P-U-L-C-H-R-A. So um, if you're looking for some nice lingerie that's kind of, like, artsy and you want to go to a nice feminist store and support them, like, definitely check that out. Um, 
unfortunately, I, I really hope she gets in touch with me, and I hope that she listens to this. Um, Helen, if you are listening to this, I owe this entire night to you, so thank you. Um, Frizzy and I exchanged numbers. We text every day. He ended up having surgery on his throat over the past week, and I, like, sent him a care package. Like, we're really tight now. <laughs> Did he just had emergency throat surgery? That's awful. Frizzy, I hope you're okay, babe. You're really he's hot. Right. He's doing all right. I sent him a care package and like he's coming back to New York and he actually today told me that he put me on the list for all of this like press junket stuff. And I was like, Frizzy, like, you know, I'm not a real journalist. Like, I don't know what I'm <laughs> going like, to do for with your this. podcast. <laughs> like, I have told him many times, like, this is not my podcast. <gasps> I have a boring, normal person job. <laughs> but he was like, no, like, I just want to hang out with you. So like. I consider myself officially to be part of a rapper's entourage now. Like, that is what's happening. I mean, I think that's totally legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in love. Um, And then the model and I message once in a while, and she wants to come back to New York because she's only been here twice, and she's never seen a Broadway show. So we're going to do that together at some point. So in a weird way, at least temporarily, like, this night kind of changed my life a little bit. (laughs) That's so fucking funny. Like I know. This has been, like, so amazing. Like, I, like, you scammed your way into this party. Like, you, this was, like, a total scam, and, like, it worked out perfectly. It, it did. It did. Everything just kept, like, lining up. And as fun and as wonderful as it was, like, I just keep thinking to myself, like, why does this never happen with, like, the show that I love? Like, <laughs> Honestly, though, like... I don't know if, like, it would be as, like, weird and fun if you loved the show. I think that's true. I think I probably would see it less as, like, an adventure and more just, like, me trying to meet the people I want to meet. Absolutely. Like, you went into this, you're like, I don't give a fuck about meeting Farah. Like, who cares? Like, I'm going to go have fun and be weird and this is an adventure. But if it was, like, Southern Charm, it'd be like, well, I have to meet Shep and is camera going to be not, like... Yeah. And I try to get on the show. Like I'd be like yeah. asking for the release. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, could I sign a release? I would like to be included. I just like I want to make it clear that like I'm the least likely person to a go to Farrah Abraham's birthday party and b be in a rapper's entourage. <laughs> I mean, I really appreciate the peer pressure of the group that like really like hyped you up into this. It did. And and honestly, for a minute there, it was, like, so scary because I was, like, so afraid I was going to let everyone down. But, like, I relied on that support. Like, that you (laughs) pushed your way in, like, when they didn't have you on the list is, like, pure bravery. Like, your courage (laughs) compared to none. Alcohol compared to none as well, I am, I think. (laughs) All right, and I... I think it's a fair for you guys. I have to say, like, I would have been very happy if I just hung out with, like, Frizzy, the model, and Helen all night. But, like, I was like, I got to get Farah on camera. I appreciate that. And she fucking knew what the podcast was, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, shout out to Farah if you ever listen to Feathers in My Hair. Um, That's so fucking funny. Any final thoughts? Uh, I would just say that... Every once in a while, especially in New York City, you just kind of get those magical nights where everything comes together. And it was such a joy for me to, like, have people, even just virtually, that I could, like, share that with who understood how completely crazy the whole situation was and were supporting me and laughing with me. Like, it was just such a joy. Like, I'm so glad I did it. So incredible. Well, thank you so 
fucking much. Like, you are absolutely our New York City correspondent. If you go to another <laughs> event, just tell them it's your fucking podcast. Like, I don't care. That is hilarious. Thank you for letting me, like, use your podcast to just, like, scam my way into this night. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Thank you for talking to me for so long about it. And thank you for all of your incredible journalistic work. <laughs> you are so welcome. And everybody look for me in Frizzy's next rap video. Yeah, do you want to plug Check it social out. media or anything? Um, I am on social media. Uh, my Twitter is at Crazy Alien Brain. Um, and I never use Instagram, so I don't even remember Fuck what Instagram. my... Instagram. I fucking hate Instagram. I don't get it. Um, and then in Facebook, I'm Joanna Ruth, and I'm part of the EBP Facebook group, so... Thank you so fucking much, Joanna. This was, like, literally a world exclusive. <laughs> I'm so happy I could do this for you. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I'm in debt to you forever. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I had so much fun. Thank you for letting me use your podcast like this. Of course. <laughs> Not being mad at me. Never. All right. Thanks so much, girl. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Okay. Now I'm going to play uh, the audio of Farrah's birthday toast that Johnny Donovan's giving her. If you listen closely at the end, you can hear Farrah and Deborah fighting. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you're wearing headphones, be warned. It's kind of loud because it's obviously from inside the club. Wait, I'll say this piece. I want to, I really want to congratulate you on your success. You've been through a lot together. Especially you grow and you're on an amazing job. Everyone's amazing. I give you a lot of credit for being with Bullshit with MTV and the crew and the PR teams and everybody. Just a toast for you. I'm going to have a good night. Corporate is down. Where are Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this exclusive content. It's it's really incredible. To the extended version of this episode where I do a recap of uh, this week's Teen Mom, please come to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Love you guys so much. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers, Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.